the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and certified to be the number one conservative talk radio show in our market, in our time slot. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix, who, uh, when he's not hosting this show, does the Jen and Don show and sometimes the morning answer, and um, pleased to have him in studio. It's great to be with you. It's always nice to be able to uh, stare at you uh, and be in the same room. People stare at me all the time. <laughs> What a busy, busy week. We have been talking over the past yay so many months about one of your pet uh, issues, which has become America's pet issue, and that is the influence of big dem tech in life. Benjamin Franklin realized when he said that uh, he who wants to overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. And we see that now not coming so much from the government because at least here in America, unlike Europe and Canada, the, the government is restricted by the First Amendment. But we have these big damn tech companies and other big businesses that so far are not restricted in their ability to suppress and censor free speech. And, and a, a modern, I was just going to say a modern day Ben Franklin, who testified in front of the Senate subcommittee, the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee, said this week, Dennis Prager, our colleague here on AM 590, the answer in his prepared testimony, his lead off sentence was, it's an honor to be with you, but I wish it were not so, because the subject of this hearing, Google and YouTube, and for that matter, Twitter and Facebook, and I think you could safely add, Greg, every other social media platform that's out there. Suppression of Internet content on ideological grounds threatens the future of America more than any external enemy. That's yep. a major uh, claim and one I think Dennis is in a position to make. Yeah. Mostly on our side, we engage in intermittent hand-wringing about the issue and don't do anything about it. Uh, But we have as a guest here someone who is doing something about it, attorney Netta Higuera. By day, she's a mild-mannered business, real property, civil litigation attorney with Tyler and Birch. But when she's not doing that, she becomes a champion of truth, justice, and the American way at the Advocates for Faith and Freedom that defends these issues, defends his religious freedom, and they have filed a lawsuit on behalf of Church United and Pastor Jim Doman against an, one of these companies called Vimeo. For kind of ta- like YouTube. It's kind of like, like a YouTube. YouTube. For taking down his videos, and they're now, they filed a lawsuit here in federal court here in, um, in California against the company, seeking to reverse that policy and force the company to display and post their videos just like everyone else's videos. Welcome to the show, Neda. 
Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. So tell us, tell us what briefly what the facts are and what Vimeo did, and then we'll get into your lawsuit and your legal theories. Yes. Yeah, so Church United was founded by Pastor Jim Dillman, and the purpose of Church United is to equip churches to respond to cultural issues that are affecting our communities. Um, and um, part of that, was one of the things that they took on was to keep um, counseling against same-sex attraction legal. So this could be talk therapy with a pastor, for example. There was a bill that um, would have outlawed that by Evan Lowe, AB 2943. And uh, Pastor Jim Doman and Church United used Vimeo as opposed to YouTube to post their videos. And um, there were 89 videos total, and five of those videos addressed this uh, counseling against same-sex attraction. And Pastor Jim Doman himself was formerly a homosexual, um, and now he's a pastor and helps people that want to overcome that, Christians who want to find their identity in their faith and not in their sexuality. I want to I want to so, just add there really quickly that Jim Doman is not unusual in regards to this particular transformation in his life. He was joined right. in the protests up at Sacramento by dozens and dozens and dozens of others who have traveled a similar path to Pastor Jim. And so it's not like I don't, I don't want to leave people who are unfamiliar with Church United. Uh, the impression that what has happened in Pastor Jim Doman's life is unique. It's not. It's uh, it, it's it's a pathway that many other people have traveled. It is one that defies uh, Evan Lowe's uh, language in his proposed assembly bill, which says that this kind of stuff isn't supposed to happen. It's not possible. It's fake. Can't happen. Can't happen. Right. It's fraud. Not only that, but it's fraud, and it should be criminal. Yeah. Yep. Just so, as, just that as, you can overcome your same-sex attraction. That is just fraudulent. With counseling. Yeah. Just as an aside, before we turn to, back to our discussion here on Vimeo and suppression of speech, it's interesting that the people who say that being gay is locked in by your genetics, by your DNA from birth, there's no choice whatsoever, are the same people who say that gender has nothing to do with your DNA and your heredity, but it's totally a matter of choice and culture. And it's fluid. Right. So, so not only is what you said relevant, but they also claim that gender and uh, sexual attraction proclivities are fluid. You know, you can transition. If you're going from straight to gay, lesbian, or bisexual, <laughs> right. it's not fluid. If you're going from gay to straight, right. that's not. That's, that's not. Yes, that can't happen. All right. So, what is, what is Vimeo, and what did it do to uh, the Church United videos? So um, Vimeo, in November of last year, of 2018, Vimeo flagged as inappropriate five of Church United's videos. And those five videos were personal testimonies from people like Jim Doman. So there was a, a Pulse nightclub, um, the bombing, a survivor who was formerly homosexual, his story, um, how he was at that nightclub and how he was injured, hospitalized, and through that, he um, sought out faith in God, and that transformed his life. Personal testimonies, they were not hateful. They were not speaking negatively towards any group, including the LGBTQ community. They were just their stories and um, their testimonies. And so Vimeo flagged those um, as inciting hateful speech. And they told Jim that he needs to take down all of his videos. I was going to ask you and, if you could clarify what flagged as inappropriate means, right. and I think you just did, that they flagged it as 
hate speech. Yes, they said that it disseminates irrational and stereotypical messages that um, may be harmful to people in the LGBT community. Yeah, truth. truth. They they didn't say what exactly, you know, a particular sentence or what. It just, oh, it may be be harmful to some people. Truth is the new hate speech. Let's take a pause here, and then we come back after the break. We're going to get into your lawsuit and what you're doing about this. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding of Moreno Valley, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590, The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire Radio Show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We're picking up the topic that became a major headline in the media this week. When Dennis Prager and Dr. Robert Epstein testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about the outsized influence that Google and other social media companies are have. Wait, wait a minute. Did I say it was picked up by the mainstream media? Sorry, I was wrong about that. It was radio silence from the mainstream media regarding their testimony and only conservative blogs and news sites picked up the fact that Ted Cruz, the Senate Judiciary Committee, held hearings about Google's interference in free speech and, in fact, possibly their ability to interfere with American as well as really any election that they want. That conversation comes home in the form of a lawsuit that has been uh, that has been taken out. What's the proper term, uh, Greg? Well, the, what do you the, do with a lawsuit? You take out a lawsuit? <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with a lawsuit? I, I, I file some in the round. In the a round lawsuit has been filed. There you go. Yeah. Uh, filed against uh, one of these social media companies, Vimeo, by an organization based here in California, whose videos were removed from that platform. And we have with us the attorney who is defending Church United, Pastor Jim Doman, whose videos were removed by Vimeo. Netta is with the law firm Tyler and Birch. And as you so eloquently said, by day, she's an attorney with uh, a business attorney. And by night, she's defending truth, freedom in the American way. I couldn't have said it any better, Greg. We're talking to Netta Higuera. She is an attorney that uh, that does both defends free speech as well as uh, makes a little money on the side for the law firm. When she's, yeah, hopefully. When she, <laughs> hopefully. So they can be around to do more of this. But I'm going to hand it back to you, Greg, to advance the, the topic of this lawsuit. Yeah. 
we, many, even conservatives say, well, we, we can't regulate the big damn tech companies. They're just private companies. They can do whatever they want to. Now, you filed a lawsuit against one of these companies saying, oh, no, they can't suppress freedom of speech and remove Pastor Jim Domans and Church United videos. Can you explain in you know, layman's terms, not without getting too legalistic, uh, the basis for your lawsuit? Yes, so there's two overarching bases, and the first one is under the California Unruh Act. And what the Unruh Act says is you cannot, if you are a business, a private business, you cannot discriminate against someone based on protected class. And religion is a protected class, disability, um, your sex, your race, your religion, all of those things are protected. So you cannot call someone out and discriminate against them, either not provide service to them or what, whatever it may be that you're doing to discriminate. So our lawsuit claims that Vimeo discriminated against Jim Doman and Church United, not only on their religion, because these, the, the problem that Vimeo has with these views is they're biblical and they don't agree with the biblical stance on homosexuality, and on the sexual orientation of Jim Doman and these other people who were, t- who were telling their stories as former homosexuals. Now, we believe that, that former homosexual is a type of sexual orientation, um, it's, it, especially when you have um, liberals saying that sexual orientations are endless, LGBTQ+. Well, that plus can also include someone who was formerly a homosexual. They shouldn't be discriminated against because that was formerly their sexual orientation. So our lawsuit says, Vimeo, you're discriminating against Pastor Jim Doman and Church United, and you deleted their account, their 89 videos, because you didn't agree with that sexual orientation and with their religion. And so that's the first prong under the Unruh Act. And then you have the free speech. So free speech under the California Constitution and the First Amendment. And we're saying that Vimeo acts like it is a public forum because traditionally um, the First Amendment protects you against government interference with speech. But when you have... Um, these companies acting like the traditional public square, you know, people aren't going and protesting necessarily in parks and the, the steps of a court. Nowadays, that's done through um, YouTube and Facebook, and in our case, through Vimeo. And so they're putting themselves out there as platforms to express yourself, and um, they're acting like these public squares and like the government in that sense, but they're restricting our speech based on their subjective ideological viewpoint. Um, and so that's where we're saying it's not allowed. Ironically, perhaps being in California, far left People's Republic of California might actually be a benefit here in this case compared to other states because part of when you, under the California Constitution, there's a long line of cases beginning with the Pruneyard Shopping Center case in the 1970s that says the shopping centers are public forums. And therefore, right. even, though they're, even though they are private property, that's why you see the people with handing out leaflets and having tables and collecting petition signatures in shopping centers on private property here in California. And arguably, and maybe not even arguably, is that these social media platforms are even more important forums than some shopping center. Right, and that's where um, our lawsuit and Prager University's lawsuits are novel in that um, the law hasn't expanded to social media yet. That's a new challenge that we're seeing to our First Amendment rights. That's the biggest threat we have right now, and nobody's challenging it besides Prager University. So we're bringing this um, 
it's a novel issue telling the court to extend that protection to the social media companies who are opening themselves up as public forums. Fascinating. Now, the status of your case, you, you filed your lawsuit. Has, the, has Vimeo responded yet? Vimeo has not responded substantively. They're trying to um, they're trying to remove the case from California and transfer it to New York uh, because their terms of service. You know, all these companies when you sign up, they require you to click I agree. Well, one thing that is in there is that if there's a lawsuit filed, it has to be in New York. So they're challenging the fact that we filed it using California law and in, in California federal court. So. They want it to be removed. So that's going to be our first battle, and um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But they haven't responded yet. Those have just been um, – That's I know that that's where they're, they're going to try to fight it um, at the beginning. Now, does, does New York have anything similar to the Pruneyard cases? They do not. So that will be a battle that we will fight hard to keep it in California. Um, but we will still, you know, if, if a judge sees fit to transfer it, then we, we'll still fight it the best we can. Um, but ideally, we will stay in California because, like you said, although it's a, a liberal state, we do have free speech protections and we have the Unruh Act as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what, what happens with that. Well, interesting if they can get away with by here by our click through agreement is they can violate the rights of Californians under the California Constitution and California law by saying, no, you, you, you by clicking here, you're giving up your rights under the Constitution right. and yeah. statute. They want to do business in every state, and but they want to not allow you to seek justice wherever you are. So that, God willing, we'll have a judge that sees through that, just like you saw through that, um, because it's like unfair and unjust to make a, a plaintiff have to travel across the country to um, to seek justice and redress from a company that reached into California and constantly is doing business in California and injuring people just like Vimeo did, yet they're going to tell Vimeo that you have to go to New York. So um, that is something that we will fight tooth and nail for. Quick observation before we have to take a break, and we'll be back with more with Netta Higuera. She is a an attorney representing a uh, complaint by a California citizen, a California organization against Vimeo. Based on the conversation I just heard you guys engage in, it strikes me that th- what I- Vimeo is attempting to do in their defense literally uh, strikes at the heart of federalism and the you know all the time we hear the state of california saying if you do business in california if you do this if you do that you're subject to california tax laws uh sales tax laws it seems like at every turn california likes to exert its influence and its uh sovereignty uh when it financially benefits them uh, in this, in what I'm hearing you describe, this seems to be exactly the opposite, and it, it and it almost strikes at again at the heart of federalism. Am I misreading this? Oh no, it's it's right on. Um, but thankfully, uh, Donald Trump has appointed several conservative justices to the Ninth Circuit, and this lawsuit was filed in federal court. So we did that strategically because we know we have a better chance of getting a judge who will look at this and and see through it and um, rule, especially on that issue of venue and choice of law, um, and rule in our favor. 
So, uh, but, you know, if, if we do get a judge that just doesn't want this in California and, you know, wants the benefit and, and wants to, um, you know, have the tax benefits and everything else but doesn't want this case because they want to make it difficult on uh, a client like ours and they're against the free speech, basically, then they can say no. They can dismiss the case. It's really in their discretion. But All right. um, I'm just grateful. The Ninth Circuit is being remade, and we're trying to take advantage of it. Well, we got to leave it right there for this segment. We'll be back with more with Netta Higuera uh, with Advocates for Faith and Freedom in a what I think is a, a seminal law uh, action that's being taken uh, after we hear from a word from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Summit Finding a Marina Valley, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM590 The Answer. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And of course, to fulfill that obligation requires freedom of speech, and that is under attack, not so much by the government in the United States right now, but by private companies such as the big dem tech companies. We have on the line with us Neda Higuera with Advocates for Faith and Freedom, filed a lawsuit against one of these companies, Vimeo. We talked about the possible grounds under the Unwracked in California and the California Constitution, does the First Amendment offer any recourse for people who are censored by the big dem tech companies? I'd had some hope that that might under a 1940s case by the U.S. Supreme Court, Marsh versus Alabama, that held the First Amendment applied to the streets in a private property in a company town in Alabama. Um, what are the prospects for a First Amendment claim in your lawsuit? So we um, did plead the First Amendment, but um, as we can see, that there's so many exceptions and carve-outs where the First Amendment has been watered down, and so we know that that might not be a strong case. Although, you know, what gives us hope is the makeup of the Supreme Court right now and, and um, their support for religious freedom and free speech. But we, you know, there has been so many exceptions and carve-outs that it, it's it's not our strongest claim. I can admit that. Sure. And there's a, as you, um, you're probably aware of the case, the, the last term, the Manhattan Community Access versus Halleck. And it wasn't a big dem tech censorship case. That was a case with a uh, community access channel, which held that the First Amendment did not apply to that run by a uh, private nonprofit. And it was, and they pretty much, for, I thought, pretty much foreclosed a claim based on Marsh versus Alabama. And they seem to be back in a very traditional conservative way of thinking that to protect freedom of speech, we need to restrain government and seem to be oblivious to the threat of to freedom of speech posed by big corporate corporations that, in effect, 
control your means of speech. Right. Yeah. And in that case, it was um, Time Warner, their, the television uh, channel. And so, and they said it was not a state actor. So in this case, you know, they could apply that and say that Vimeo is not a state actor. And so the First Amendment doesn't apply. Um, but because of where we're at, we had to plead that because we we're desperate for relief from the, the biggest threat of our day when it comes to free speech. And so um, we're going to try, although we know very well that the United States Supreme Court can say, no, you know, sorry, it doesn't apply. But um, we have to fight back. We have to try. We can't just throw our hands up and say, oh, you know, we probably won't win on that claim. Um, we, my personality is a, I'm in a fight, and the worst that can happen is I get shut down. But at least, at least we're trying. You know, at least we're trying to stand up for the First Amendment, especially being from a Middle Eastern background. There's not a lot of free speech in the Middle East. So here in America, I want to stand up for that because I know it is an honor and a privilege to be living here, and I want to preserve that right. I want to preserve it for my daughter, for myself. I, wanted to, I want to be able to have that freedom. So, you know, if, I lo- if we lose on that, we lose on it. But we're going to fight for it. We appreciate that someone is fighting rather Absolutely. than just doing it in hand-wringing. Just, you know, d- you know, where credit is due, you also brought the case successfully under state law that invalidated the state law that said pro-life counseling centers have to offer abortion referrals, and you won that case in state court. It was also overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court, but uh, credit where credit is due, that was, that was excellent work on your part as well. Thank you. Yes. So there is hope, and we have to, cl- we have to hold on to that and to, to keep doing our part, and so that's what we're doing. And it was successful before, and God willing, it, it will be successful with this case, too. Well, thank you for the work you're doing on behalf of Advocates for Faith and Freedom, an organization that works tirelessly to stand up for uh, faith-based principles in the public square. Netta Higuera, appreciate you doing this and spending time with us here on the United IE Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And we've been talking about the threat to free speech on these what have become uh, town square platforms where people of all stripes use these platforms in order to communicate with others and the lawsuit that the organization Advocates for Faith and Freedom is bringing against Vimeo for deplatforming an organization based here in California called Church United. The conversation has a number of legs to it, though, Greg, besides just a basic free speech issue that these organizations uh, are, are hiding behind protections in order to s- silence speech that they disagree with. We heard that brought front and center this Wednesday when Dennis Prager, who has been uh, restricted, had his videos put on restricted status, which means it's very difficult for a video like that to go viral, first of all. And, and second, and, and school, schools and libraries, which, they, which just filter those right. things. And some of those very, very dangerous Vera videos that you would not want children exposed to, like um, on the Ten Commandments. Exactly. And he made the point. Uh, I think it, it, it is important to bring up. He was not part of his prepared comments, but before he delivered his prepared comments, he made a point about that how because the, the 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 video about the ten commandments contained the word murder they google and youtube used that as a reason to restrict that video 
And not only does it mean it won't show up in homes that use fil- these filters or schools, but it won't show up on the, on the very important right-hand column. If you're Googling or on YouTube, if you're searching for topics, and what Google does is serve up related videos to that topic, it means those videos will not be included on the right-hand side of YouTube. So essentially, it keeps this video from going viral. Uh, during our interview with Netta, uh, we had also in the studio, sitting in and listening to that, someone who has been on our radio show before, has spoken before your group, Greg, for, in front of the Corona chapter of Act for America. Uh, Philip Haney is with us now in studio. He was listening in on our conversation with Netta. Uh, Philip is the author of the book, See Something, Say Nothing. He was a founding member of the Department of Homeland Security. And he actually, his his story was very has a, a very relevant uh, aspect to us here in Southern California, particularly San Bernardino, because on December 2nd, 2015, two individuals uh, perpetrated one of the greatest, you know, terror attacks in the United States, uh, certainly in Southern California. And that was when Tashfeen Malik and her husband uh, ex- killed 14 people, wounded 22. And Philip uh, said of that terror attack that had his investigation into the Tabliki Jamaat continued, he may have been, and I'm sure he would probably word this more strongly than I, uh, able to stop that terror attack. Philip, thank you for joining us here on the United Eye Radio Show. Glad to be back. It's great to have you with us. You're again one of these people that, you know, we sit here in a radio studio with really no risk. You risked your career, maybe maybe worse, to try to protect the country against people that don't want to talk about these things. And you, as you listen to our discussion about what, what you're allowed to say, you noted like a connection mm-hmm. between what we were talking about with Neda Hagera and Internet censorship and social media censorship and what you've experienced. To reiterate your point about the danger, it's not just abstract. On the 26th of July, 2013, I testified before the acting uh, attorney, inspector general of DHS on the Boston Marathon bombing and and the removal of the classified information from the database. After we were finished, Joe Schmitz, my lawyer, who used to be an IG in the Green Zone in Iraq, we're standing out on 2nd Street, and you can see the U.S. Capitol from there and the Rayburn Building where the House offices are. He taps his forehead like this, and he says, Philip, the things that you know, the things that you have in your head, people will kill you for. That's my own lawyer just after talking to the IG of the DHS. And he wasn't talking about jihadis from another part of the world. He was talking about, obviously, people within a two- or three-square-mile area where we were actually standing at the time. So that's how real it is. He His impression was... Yeah, your comment is not lost. We recently had on the Jen and Don show Jeanette Finnicum, whose husband, Lavoy Finnicum, was literally murdered, assassinated by an FBI agent up in Oregon during the standoff between some folks that had taken, that had uh, uh, occupied, if you will, the Malheur Reserve. And you, the, were, were there on behalf of a ranching family called the Hammonds. And the, to hear her story and what's unfolded. It, it's not a stretch to believe what your attorney said, that there are people in there in, in, in our government that will silence people if given the opportunity with a bullet. Well, that's the name of the book. See something, say nothing. 
And that's one of the points of contact between Netta's conversation and this one. This whole process, this of shutting down information and, and erasing it from the blackboard started within the walls of agencies inside the federal government. More specifically, it started within law enforcement agencies. Because if you're going to fundamentally transform America, then who are the very first people that you need to get out of the way? Law enforcement. By the way, who are the people that were investigating Trump? Law enforcement, FBI, etc. They weren't social workers. They're not politicians, per se. They are law enforcement officers. So you see that this began years back, as described from my position as a Customs and Border Protection Officer, founding member of DHS. I saw this whole thing begin to develop, kind of like watching a slow-motion explosion. Or another way of putting it is flashes of lightning. You notice the whole landscape illuminates when the lightning strikes. I just happen to have the high-tech equipment, so to speak, to capture those images is as they went and then document them as part of history in this book called See Something, Say Nothing. So you, you were noting before, off the air, is that just as, just as in the government, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it's see no Islam, hear no Islam, speak no Islam, and now that's spreading out of the government. Well, that's the thing with Netta's conversation. The specific topic is sexual orientation. So they just decide that they're going to shut down, what was it, 67 or 76 vi- videos? Yep. yep. Just pull the plug on them. Well, if they can do that with that particular subject, what's to stop them? Actually, nothing is stopping them from deleting videos about the subject that I, my background in law enforcement and terrorism. That you're exposed It's not yeah. theoretical either. No. They have actually done that quite a bit with people like Robert Spencer. Yep. And they don't just delete them. I mean, they, they do some of that as well, but they do things to hide them. So mm-hmm. you think you're posting, you think you're, you're there, but your people that are interested in it can't find it. Your followers don't receive it. You, you know, call it some shadow banning is an example. You send out a tweet. Okay, I send out a tweet, but in the, your followers never see it. I've been swimming around in the pond, the pool of querying the Internet since it first started, first as a scientist in agriculture, because, you know, we're always seeking references and so on. I've seen the whole transition from archive in the library into the electronic format. And then when I was an intelligence officer, you know, a lot of the information that I would accumulate to put together a case was open source. And I became quite adept at finding things on the Internet because that was my 24-7 job. And I can tell you, with that perspective of seeing the whole emergence of the World Wide Web, that even with the background and ability that I have just through experience, I find it quite difficult sometimes to find simple subjects that I do it as an experiment. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find this article. And boy, I really have to gnaw at the corn cob to find it. You really do. That voice you're hearing, that very gentle voice, is the voice of Philip Haney. He's been on with us on the Unite IE radio show. Uh, He's been on many different uh, news organizations talking about the work that he did with the Department of Homeland Security and how it was shut down. We're going to talk more with Philip after the break to honor our sponsor for this half hour. 
All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. In our first half, we were talking with Netta Hagera, an attorney who's suing one of the big dem tech companies for their censorship. And we know we have Philip Haney, who was a founding member of the Department of Homeland Security and rose to be on the Joint Targeting Committee, which is the highest level of their intelligence analysts to try to locate terrorists. He was very successful. I think, as I recall, more than 300 terrorists, you were successful in locating, got accommodation, uh, but you were too successful of that for the Obama administration, and we were basically forced out. And as it relates here in, here in San Bernardino, you were investigating the terrorist jihadist network that the San Bernardino terrorists were part of, and that was shut down, ironically, by Hillary Clinton's State Department, because we don't want to investigate these people. And you believe that if your investigation had continued, you believe you could have identified those terrorists before they struck. Unfortunately, my premise is proven by another terrorist attack in Sri Lanka, Tawhid Jamaat, similar name to Tablighi Jamaat, the same macro organization. The same exact thing happened in Sri Lanka as happened in San Bernardino. They ignored the intelligence information that was provided to them by India, particularly, and United States, and didn't act Just between on us. Mm-hmm. Just between us girls, yes. yes. And uh, same exact sequence of events. And so, sadly, my premise was proven again because the same macro-Islamic group that was involved, you know, connected to the San Bernardino is also connected to Sri Lanka, which segues right into my premise called the National Security Meltdown. Would you agree, even if you don't necessarily know a lot about national security, that there's some kind of meltdown that's been going on? Hasn't there been? So what I want to talk about and why I'm here now is follow up to see something say nothing, because a lot has happened since it was published in May of 2016. And the goal is to put it out early spring before the next campaign noise wall hits and help keep this momentum of protecting our liberties going forward into the 2020 election from my little spot as a law enforcement officer retired. The perception, I'm sorry, I was just going to say the perception is that under Donald Trump presidency, um, that some of this has abated. Um, I, I think that we can all agree the primary purpose of the of the federal government is to keep us safe, safe internationally, safe on our borders, which they're doing a lousy job of, and then our local law enforcement communities to keep us safe here. That's the primary purpose of government. By and large, they do a pretty good job, with the exception of uh, what 
we're talking about right now. Protected groups, basically. Yes. Would you say, what is your assessment of uh, this topic under President Trump? Has it continued to deteriorate or has a pause button of some sort been hit? I'm hopeful, but with a caveat, and I'll explain it. We don't have the calculus the calculus to attach an, a value to, like, we were a 5 before and we're a 10 now and tomorrow we'll be a 15. Or, But I can tell you that if there was a calculus that we could actually attach a value to it, we're better off right now than we've been since about 2006. That's with the perspective of a founding member of DHS who came in in 02, 03. And the first two or three years, we were actually allowed to do our job. And things started going sideways around 06. So, yes, we are better off. But the caveat is there are macro forces in play right now on a global level that I'm not so confident that we're really that well aware of and that we should be. And without, I know we're limited on time, but I'll just throw the word out there. I did one already, Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Are we cooperating internationally to the point where we can prevent those kind of attacks? Obviously not. They did not pay attention to the intelligence. Another one I'll throw out, Afghanistan. And the premise of the ongoing negotiation with peace treaty with Afghanistan and subsequent withdrawal is based on the fact that the Taliban are promising that they will not let any Islamic State jihadi fighters operate in their country, right? In a nutshell. That's good enough for me. Okay. Aren't aren't they the same, though? No. Taliban and ISIS? Just different. That's the interesting myopia, the blind spot that we've been carrying around since 9-11. Half of the original organization that we know so commonly as Al-Qaeda, which, by the way, was never called Al-Qaeda by the founders, was called the Global Islamic Front, half of the original 14 organizations in that coalition are Deobandi groups, Ah. not from the Near East. What does, that, what does that mean? What does that mean? The Deobandis include the Taliban, the Tablighi Jamaat, the Tawhid Jamaat that did the Sri Lanka. A whole other branch of the global Islamic movement is kind of like the Kabuki players. They're right there in front of you, or the umpires on the football field dressed in black and white. You'd think you'd see them, but you don't, running up and down the field. So when they make an agreement with the Taliban that no Islamic State fighters will be on the ground, they can do that with their heart, hand on their heart because they never brought up the fact, oh, by the way, what about the fighters coming from the Indian subcontinent? Mm-hmm. And where do those people come from? The madrasas, 40 to 50,000 of them operating in the uh, Indian subcontinent. They're all Deobandi. What was the case that the federal government shut down when I was active duty? Remember I referred to it as the Madrasa Boy case? Mm -hmm. I caught the first generation of naturalized or born Americans going out to those madrasas that were teaching them jihad. There's 50,000 of them in the Indian subcontinent. Madrasas? Yes, the schools. Just the schools, never mind counting all the students. Not even counting the, the mosques. You have virtually endless supply of personnel that have gone through the Islamic madrasas coming out of the Indian subcontinent. They're all under this umbrella of a group called Al-Qaeda of the Indian subcontinent, and we haven't mentioned it once 
in the negotiations in Afghanistan. Mm. So they can honestly say, oh no, no ISIS fighters in Afghanistan, and never mention the major, the significant, most significant supply, if that's the right word, roster of potential fighters is coming from the Deobandi movement, the other half of the equation of the global Islamic movement. There was, in terms of Donald Trump and his broader point, there was recently a guy wrote a book of basically the 14, about the 1400 years of Islam, and he was under pressure from care. They caved and disinvited him from giving a talk at the, uh, at the Army War College. Raymond Ibrahim. Yes. And people don't get, and I'm sure you do, is that the, we think of Islam and the terrorism as just something recent, a recent phenomenon, or maybe the last ten years, last twenty years, last thirty years, or something. But this is this is a fourteen hundred year story of conquest and violence used to expand the reach of Islam. You know, we've all heard about uh, Gibraltar, right? Gibraltar. Gibraltar at, at the mouth of the Mediterranean. Oh yeah, big rock. You know what its actual name is? Gibraltaric. 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 The mountain of Tarik, the leader of the Moors who crossed the strait in the year 711 and came into Spain. It's actually named after the leader of the Moorish invasion army that came into Spain. And then they met Charles Martel the year 721 in the Battle of Tours. If it had not been for the Catholic king of France, they would have had no... Opposition, and they would have gone clear to Scandinavia. But at that particular moment in history, the tide stopped in the middle of France. But the mountain itself is named after the general of the Moorish army. And as we know, names and dates are significant in Islamic theology and in jihad. But, but they should be in our right. comprehension, too. Absolutely. The year 628, it's easy to remember, 6 plus 2 equals is the first time that the emperor of the Byzantium Empire, Heraclius, encountered Islam. And he withdrew without firing a shot because he said he, he underestimated the zeal of the followers of this new is religion called Islam. And without firing a shot, Muhammad consolidated the entire Arabian Peninsula. He had 30,000 mounted horsemen they encountered Heraclius withdraw because he realized he was underprepared. And from that moment until the year 711, if we were alive then and CNN was out and Fox and so on, every single night or week or month, major battle, another city falls, major battle mm -hmm. for a hundred years as they move west. But well, CNN will be talking about the, the risk, not about that, but about the risk of Islamophobia. Right, we're focused. We're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable, big time. And no, no, no kidding. Uh, that you couldn't have said it better. This has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, we're kind of getting down to our final minutes with Philip Haney. He's the author of the book "See Something, Say Nothing." Founding member of the Department of Homeland Security, happens to be in Southern California because of some work that he's doing on a new book which is to kind of advance the conversation of national security in the Trump era, uh, one that I think a lot of us are feeling pretty comfortable with Donald Trump in office, but we know 
uh, the relentless march over the centuries that Islamism and the Islamic Jihad has maintained. Let me ask you this, and maybe you've been in this and you've been inside the government. What is it that people in the West, the free West, they think they might enjoy their freedom and a lot of these people on the left side are vehemently against religion. They're atheists. Um, what is the attraction and the fascination that they have with Islam, which is not only a, a very it's a religious doctrine to religion, but also a political doctrine, but is the antithesis of freedom? And particularly for and then even, even their protective group, it, it suppresses women in their Sharia law as well as as well as gays. What do you have any sense of what the thinking of the Western mind is that has this fascination and deference to Islam? Well, I think one of them is that it's not abstract at that level at the level of Sharia law. It's very cut and dried, and it provides a roadway, a pathway, fi sabil Allah, in the way of Allah, which a lot of people can really relate to and identify it simplifies your life you follow this way you will please Allah you go to paradise There's, although of course there is abstract concepts in Islam but I think that's one of the reasons and the other reason I think partly and this has this is like segueing into another branch of our social political structure is that we don't value the life of every individual and what is the most obvious proof of that abortion if we suddenly valued the life of every individual, and I want to emphasize putting it that way. I did not say outlaw abortion. I'm saying if we suddenly woke up tomorrow morning and we valued the life of every individual the way we should, abortion would be on the table. We wouldn't be debating sanctuary cities because why would we put anyone anywhere at risk? Even if it was one person, it would be too many. We wouldn't be debating border security in anywhere near like we are now. Right. Immigration law would be enforced. The whole thing would be straightened out and worked the way it should be and would have repercussions clear around the globe. With our, gonna, we are going to have to leave it here for great for, for way this episode. To, but, mm-hmm. but thank you so much for being on our show and thank you for everything you've done and are doing for national security to protect our country. Tune in next week for another edition of Unite IE Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.